Hello and welcome to Personal Battles. I am your host, Ow, and this is a podcast all about the human spirit and those mental health journeys. Join us. We have cookies. Well, actually, there's no cookies here, but feel free to join us. In this dark world, let's be kind and spread some light. My week? Yeah, my week's been a little bit up and down, if I'm honest. And why wouldn't I be? <laughs> uh, yeah, this one I'm actually struggling to find any highs. I was trying to look through my calendar there, seeing if there was anything I did, I enjoyed. It feels like there's been a lot of lows and a lot of self-criticism, and I know that's something I do. Sometimes I feel like an outsider looking in, seeing lots of support for other people's uh, projects or whatever they're doing, and a lot of love for that. And then when I do something vaguely similar, uh, I'm just hit with a wall of silence. And so it, it gets tough to not to take that personally when you put yourself out there it's almost like uh, just like rejection on like a bigger level. <laughs> so at the moment, I'm kind of questioning: Have I upset an entire country? I think that's uh, that's some going. But again, that's just how ludicrous I can find sometimes how I think. But yeah, to me, I can see evidence of a whole country now turned against me. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just uh, got that voice on my shoulder that's uh, in my ear all the time. And yeah, so I'm, I'm still fighting those demons. Even though you might see me uh, laughing and smiling. Yeah, you you but you, you don't see the demon on my shoulder. <laughs> he's there. And he's a nasty piece of work. And sticking on that subject, I always say look for the evidence. But I can see evidence to support the demon on my shoulder. So that's annoying, isn't it? Thinking like, oh, I'm just being, I'm just being obviously sensitive. And then you look at what people are doing and who are they supporting. And you go, ah, maybe there is something in this. If I'm the only variable, then maybe I'm the problem. The little things. I woke up on Saturday and instead of doing a park run, I thought, let's go a little bit further. So I just did a spontaneous half marathon now I've only really ran that distance once um, but I just felt like my body and mind needed it I needed to feel like a sense of accomplishment I needed to push myself I needed to put myself in the hurt locker for a bit, sometimes it might seem strange to people on the outside but runners probably will understand that, but yeah I needed to get out there, put some put some pain out there fight, be on my own for some time and accomplish something, and again it took me quite some time, um, almost almost three hours. But I felt better for it afterwards that I got it done. I ran in one straight direction, ran home, and then, yeah, I can look back and go, well, nothing else. You've run a half marathon this week, Al. It's your messages, it's your messages. It's your messages, it's your messages. So everyone, the first message has come into the studio from someone who wants to remain anonymous, doesn't feel comfortable about being a battle guest, but wants to happily share their story of what happened and what do you think about the situation. And I'll tell you how I think about it at the end of this. So let's just call this person Betty. So, Betty, you can call me Al. So, Betty says she works at a school and today one of the other teachers came up to her in the playground and laughed and said, You won't believe this. I can't stop laughing. Look at them four playing together. It's like they know they are the same and they've sworn to each other. It's so funny. I can't stop laughing at them. You should go and join them, Betty. Now, this situation, it was four kids with ginger hair. So Betty then says to me, she could have cried. But her being her, she just thought back to her feeling like that when she was at school for being a redhead, and I brought all those feelings back. And you think, that well, that's bad, but it goes on. 
The teacher then thought that was so funny to say, she said it in front of all the other teachers again in the staff room. So while they all laughed, Betty then said something. And I've got to say, fair play to her for this. She said, Yeah, you're laughing at hair colour. But you wouldn't do it if it was skin colour, would you? Because no, because then you'd be called a racist. And then that staff room went very quiet. I always look at situations from different angles. And she's absolutely right in my, in my opinion. Times I felt like what I had with, with my height was a disability, but one that was allowed to be openly mocked by everyone. Strangers would shout things in the street because I was different to them, and it was socially acceptable. Felt like a freak show at times when people would just want my measurements, then giggle and run off to their mitts. Totally forgetting there's a real person behind these eyes. Instead of laughing in my face, then maybe they should have just tried... Hello. And what is with, especially the UK, and ginger hair jokes, it just seems to be the foundation of English culture. Just because it's happened to previous generation doesn't mean it's right. We should stop following the crowd, challenge the beliefs, and stand for what we believe. There's a person behind those eyes. They may have heard that thousands of times, and the scars will be with them. So yeah, thank you for your message, Betty. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what other people's opinions are on that. If you want to contact the show and say, tell me your thoughts on that. But for me, it's not acceptable. Just think that saying four ginger kids running together and then mocking that and then telling a red-headed teacher that she should go and stand with them. That's not on. There's nothing we can do about body types, skin colour, hair colour, we're all the same underneath. Let's break down these barriers of grouping people together. Let's just see the person. Now it's battle guest time and a location shoot, much like I did with Loz. This time it's in a pancake and waffle house in Chelsea Street called Miss Elephant. So bear with me while I make my way to an elephant to meet a battle guest to then have a Terry's hot chocolate. And it's not Terry's, it's mine, just to let you know there might be some background noise. You might be able to hear a baby crying for the first 20 minutes. Don't worry. That's just the manager. Uh, she leaves. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that's not too distracting. Along with the background music that you might be able to hear. But uh, hopefully the story pulls you in. So here it comes. Battle guest on location. Let's get person out. Right, everyone, you are joining me on location. Personal Battles is back out there in a coffee shop near you. Well, waffle kind of pancake place, but it's superb. The hot chocolate, ooh, Now, I've come here to interview Battle Guest for episode 12. This is uh, going to be a fun one again because, like the, a long time ago, episode two with Loz, we, we did that recording in a coffee shop and everyone seemed to love that and uh, the friendliness and the relaxed conversation came through really well um, at the moment I think you've got a bit of uh, three non-blondes coming through and the, and the background music there hopefully you can still hear us um, but yeah we are now going to go live to Battle Guest don't worry I have the owner's permission to do this podcast they were so excited that personal battles was coming to them. So if there's any other coffee shops out there want to offer me free coffees, go for it. So let's start the show. Episode 12, Battle Guest. Who do we have? Well, I better know my night because I'm sitting right next to them. We have, it's Robin. Hello, Robin. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And to start things off, because it's a little bit of an icebreaker, and I don't really know who you are, do I? Who are you? Just yeah. another runner from the northeast. Yeah, I know, Robin. So we'll start with a friendly fire question, and that was set by our previous guest, Al. What would be your desert island condiment, and why? Right. 
And what would yours be, Al? My desert island condiment condiment would be HP sauce. Brown sauce. Yeah. Brown sauce, man, are you? Brown yeah. sauce and everything. Brown sauce wherever I can. Yeah. Goes with <laughs> goes goes with, goes with everything. Um yeah. Any feelings towards ketchup? I like I don't mind ketchup. There's a place for ketchup. Um but or I brown think brown sauce first. Big think... sandwich. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think brown sauce is the one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. <laughs> there we go. Al and his brown sauce. Superb. <laughs> Condiment. Condiment. You didn't think he was going there, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to think, oh yeah, I've got this one. There's and then an oh, now I'm feeling really thrown off. Crikey. That's an island condiment. Yes. Um if you want a moment to think, I can take I can go first. I think I would have to go. I know it's a bit childish, but I have to go ketchup. I think that goes with well with so many things. You put it on your chips. It's good for everything. Uh, who doesn't know ketchup? So yeah, I think I have to go ketchup. Even though it's a bit, uh, it's a bit boring answer. It's great the bacon sandwich. Brown sauce fine, but ketchup for me is the daddy. What do you say? Oh, I'm going for a, quite a practical approach here because oh. to, I'm one of those uh, controversial opinion. Ketchup belongs in the fridge. I'm not going to have one of them on a desert island. <laughs> so um, oh, I think I might be going for a bottle of Nando's Perry Perry medium. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, the medium Perry Perry. Medium Perry Perry can uh, can survive all temperatures. It's not going to go off. <laughs> so no matter what you find on this desert island, you're going it's Perry gonna Perry. It's going to be Nando's flavored. Yeah. Cool. You're going to make it a Nando's. <laughs> Superb, yeah. One of the first things you take on a desert island, yeah. Make that a Nando's meal. (laughs) Right. Now we'll move on to the major part of the show now, the actual battle, the personal battles. This is a part of the show where we find about the conditions that led up to maybe one of your darkest days or current darkest days, and then how you felt on that moment, how you fell, and hopefully we'll find out how you got back up and keep moving forward. So, Robin, tell me about your battle. Um, mine feels a little bit less like a all guns blazing battle and more of a, a more espionage, I would Ooh, say. Oh, espionage. Espionage. Right. Because I, I could not tell you when the true start of it was, but the much like a lot of the battle guests here, the major catalyst for me was a breakup. Um, much like everybody, it tore me to pieces completely. Um, it was a shock for a start. <laughs> um, and I'd sacrificed quite a lot for this relationship. I'd left um, my hometown and sort of moved away from my family so that he could be close to his. Right. Um, we owned a house together. Um, as far as I was concerned, I was pretty like, certain that we were going to be forever. Right. So when that all did not come to pass, um, it, it felt like a huge shock. Um, so in some ways that's a blessing because you know a slow decline might even, might in some ways be worse so I'm quite grateful for that in a way but um, but yes that was from the start of what made me wonder if there was something not quite right within within myself right. um, through the whole breakup procedure I felt like I was handling it really well um, yeah. I'd looked at all the reasons why it was a good thing that it ended, why it might be the right thing for me. I was feeling very hopeful about my future. Um, and <laughs> just digressing a little bit here, my, what I came to learn about breakups is that I, I personally think that the reason that they hit so hard is because you put so much of your energy into them, so much of your personality, yeah, so yeah. much love, so much effort. And then all of a sudden, that's got, that effort, that energy has got nowhere, nowhere to go. Yeah. But and and the struggle for me was where do I then redirect that energy? Right. And in a way, I felt like I dealt with that really well. I because um, I worked really hard to get myself out of my house and move quite quickly. Um, took up loads of new hobbies to try and redirect that energy and try and cope with that emotional side of things. But of course, the emotional side of that was still there, and I was feeling very lost and very confused for a really long time. Mm. Um, now, the what, what kind of made me realise that, that it wasn't the breakup that was leaving me with quite a poor mental state was because after that was all said and done, after I'd moved house and everything was said and done, everything was sealed off, I was moving on, I was happy, yeah. I had my own new house again, but I wasn't getting any better. Right. 
Um, in fact, I was getting worse. Oh, no way, uh, yeah. yeah, completely. So um, yeah. I was so deteriorating. Um, and what I was experiencing was a lot of anxiety. I felt like my mind was racing all of the time. Um, I constantly felt like my stomach was doing backflips. I couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't channel my thoughts into one thing because, look, like... If you if a normal mind is like the East Coast, mainline mind was the island and underground. All over the place. What, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Completely like that. Right. So um even though everything that was wrong with my I felt was wrong with my life had sorted itself out. So um I was going to work. I wasn't able to function well at work at all. Uh, and work seemed to be a big trigger for this. Uh, just for a bit of context with that, I work with the emergency services. It's a very high pressure job. Where I go into, I'm answering 999 calls. You know, people don't ring me to tell me what a lovely day they're having. Yeah, having. right, yeah. You're, you're talking to people in their worst day of their lives. <laughs> Absolutely, in their worst moments, in states of panic or yeah. anger or yeah. when the worst thing of, of, is happening to them. So it's like a cauldron <laughs> in yeah. there, you know. Yeah. It's like anything that's happening at home that's not right with you is going to be exacerbated by that kind of environment. Okay, yeah. Um, and... When I was going in there, I was having brain fog and memory loss, and I wasn't retaining the information that my callers were giving me, and I did not know why, because I, I actually look after my mental health really well. I'm a regular runner. I, I eat very well. I journal twice a day and meditate, do all those things that you know any would be, would be the first go-to to look after your mental health, but that for some reason, I was still experiencing all of this. Right. Um, and it, it actually landed at me in a bit of hot water at work because I just could not function. <laughs> Really got to that point where got to the point where I literally could not function at work, and then my boss was pulling to me to one side and saying, "You know, Robin, you've you've slipped up again. You've missed this key bit of information. You've not risk assessed this properly." And it was leaving me in a state of sheer panic every time I went into work, thinking, right. "Oh my god, just feel what like am I going to do next? Yeah, what, what am I going to do wrong? Yeah. Am I going to put somebody at risk?" Because mm -hmm. that's that's the kind yeah. of situation that I was in. And every time I was getting even just a little bit of feedback about something that I'd missed, even, even if it wasn't anything major, I would crumble. I would completely go to pieces every single time. I could not cope with it. Right. And <laughs> the big sort of hit home for me was my boss saying to me, Robin, you are not well. I am worried about you. You need to go to the doctor. Right. Um, so I, I said, okay, stuff this. I'm going to go off on the sick and I'm going to go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with me. Yeah. And so I did. Yeah. Went to the doctor and I had a complete meltdown in front of her and it all just came oh, stumbling really? out. <laughs> all the one go. <laughs> like verbal diarrhea. Right. I can't um, help it, you've, you've, done the, you've blown the dam. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, she coped with it very, very well. Right. <laughs> yeah, I shouted a bit, I cried a little bit, I got very frustrated. Oh. I, I even got up and stomped around the room a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. And um, what she said really stuffed me in my tracks and made me think what okay she said all right robin i'm gonna do a blood test <laughs> right yep wasn't expecting that no me neither okay. and, I, and i literally just stopped dead and went why yeah this is a problem up here not like yeah. it's a problem yeah. it's a problem upstairs not a problem with an inch and after is it because nice. um she, what and she said the things that she picked out from that was things like brain fog lack of concentration memory loss yeah. as well as the anxiety and um emotional struggles so she took um she said she was gonna she called it a blood mot and she took probably about six vials of my blood Honestly, I was thinking, crikey, are you a vampire or something? That's leave some for me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave some, leave some behind for me. But um, she took quite a lot. And then when the results came back, she told me I was deficient in iron and folic acid and vitamin B12. And I was on my way to becoming anemic. Oh, wow. Right. So I did what anyone would do when they get that because it had no further explanation on it. Yeah. So I went onto the NHS website and I, and I had a look yeah. at it. Yeah, what's that mean? And it was, I was looking through all the symptoms and going tick, 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 tick. That's, this is me. All right. I'm not anxious, I'm anemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anemic. <laughs> and, I, and I rang my mum and she went, but Robin, you're showing like mental health symptoms, and I was like, "Yeah, I know." And it's in a, and it's a, like, these mental health symptoms are are associated with this deficiency that I'm having. So I'm going on all this medication, and I'm taking ten weeks off work until until it yeah. starts to kick in right. and make me better. And uh, yeah, it turned out that it was yes. And but what I found was that 
even though I was exhibiting all this mental health related symptoms, it was actually a physiological problem that was causing that. Oh, and right. and yet that was being masked by the fact that I was going through a lot of nasty life stuff at the time mm. and I was putting it all down to that. Mm. But looking back, um, I, I, as I say I can't pinpoint really when this all started to kind of go downhill in terms of my physical health. But I remember it must have been at least July of 2021 when that might have started because I went through a period where I was terrified to go to sleep because I would be plagued through the night with the most agonizing cramps. Right. And again, that's a, a symptom of a this. Symptom. Right. Okay. Of B12 and folate deficiency anemia. And they were agony. And I'm talking both feet would go at the same time or both calves or the inside of one thigh. I would be screaming in pain. Oh. And, oh. And, it, and it would usually happen during the night. So when I, I'd be going to bed at night and my mind would be racing because I'm thinking, oh God, what if I get this horrible huh? pain again during the night? So I was horribly sleep deprived and feeling very anxious about that. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably where, where that all kind of started to descend, really. Mm. Yeah, anxiety yeah. and bringing mm. things on, making things a lot worse. Yeah. That's interesting because we've never really had on the show so far that physical symptoms would actually be affecting like a mental mm. side issue. Well, I, obviously I'm a long distance runner just like yourself. Yeah. And I was putting it down to that. Am I overtraining or am I yeah. overhydrated? Am I not getting enough electrolytes, something like that? That's something but I really it, ever thought of, yeah. So I, I put it just down to down to the running side of things, but it wasn't anything to do with that either. Right. So See, when I when it was for me and like my trauma was for similar circumstances through a breakup, I thought at the time I'm like this because of that that moment and what's happened, but I didn't realise through through CBT and therapy sessions that this didn't start there. I've been dealing with these issues for a long time and I just thought these were normal where people would think about themselves, uh, how they value themselves, how they look at the world. And going through these therapy sessions would then make me really challenge that mm. and go, actually, I may have a problem because I do look at the world slightly different to everybody else where everything's so negative. So I was at rock bottom to a degree, but hiding it, just trying to people please make sure everyone else is still fine and put so many so much energy and resources into like relationships and to make sure everyone's happy and everything's still working and then when that's suddenly thrown in your face there's a lot of emotion to deal with there's the embarrassment for me uh, uh, and shame lots of things going through my mind and suddenly the future was a lot scarier um and then when I, was, when I was talking to people, I was finding what I went through. It was so quick. And not one of these relationships where it suddenly starts filtering down. Mine was such a quick end. It was, it was grief. It was mm -hmm. just like my wife had died and now you've got to move on. And to a, great, to, a, to a degree as well, I found out that day I felt part of me died as well. And no matter how much I tried to get back, he was gone. But sometimes almost trying to look at like a negative into a positive. You know, the whole what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. I was finding, Robin, that doing things more out of my comfort zone now, I totally embrace because I never want to go to that dark place again. And I'd think, oh, I don't want to do this. That's, that's scary. I don't want to go and meet this person. I don't want to go to the, do this event. Well, that sounds a bit scary. Mm -hmm. But you think, but in the scheme of things, you survived that. You got through that. And if you can do that, you can do anything. Absolutely. And it was almost giving you like that superpower, you know, like like the, like the Ricky Gervais uh, TV show and stuff. It was <laughs> almost like, I don't care what anyone does to me now because I went through that and I just don't care. Um, almost to the point, yeah, I think it was times that line was getting blurred with, I just didn't care about my own existence. So I just didn't care so that like, you can't harm me. But I also was getting to the point where it's time now to focus on myself and realise the relationship I was in was the first one I'd ever been in and I just thought that was normal. Wow. And you suddenly realise aren't all relationships like that? No. All right. It actually goes both ways and somebody's out there like looking after you as well. What you've just said to me about sort of not being able to engage with what other people are thinking about you, I, I, I relate with that a lot because I find that 
no matter what hateful things people can say to me, nobody can give me a harder time than I give me. I know, it's almost like a laugh in their face going, really, you're having a go at me? You can't say anything that I haven't already said to myself internally. (laughs) Um, But also, I've come to learn that all those things that you tell yourself, they're not true. Mm. They're really not true. And when you can't... and I read this absolutely fantastic book, and I would recommend that to anyone to read okay. to challenge these thoughts. Right, it's called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Right. And that teaches you about a process that she calls the work, which is about challenging all these stressful thoughts that you have and finding the truth in them. Mm-hmm. Um, by writing it down and then asking four questions about that thought and then turning it around and, try, and finding either a, a truer truth or finding that it's actually not true and what the truth totally. truly is. Yeah. Um, I've got that book. I've read it about a million times now. And uh, wow. and I, I often find myself going through that process and I find it, yeah. it really helps me. And uh, yeah. I find myself ending up laughing at some of the thoughts that I have about myself or about my situation and finding that's, that's just not true. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's completely like you, made up you would like look at the evidence, what evidence you have for this. Oh, absolutely none. Yeah. Well, why are you thinking like that yeah. for? Is it true? How do you know that it's true? Like... Who would you be without that? Without thinking like that, mm. and, and and that sort of makes you realise what sort of the thought impact those thoughts have on your life as well. Yeah, exactly how dangerous those thoughts yeah. can be in yeah. your head, even though they're completely falsified. <laughs> yeah, I, I was giving advice because I always felt like I'm quite good at giving advice. Mm-hmm. So like uh, there was like there was there was one gentleman who was going through certain issues, and I was helping him and giving him advice like this. Mm-hmm. That's what you. That's what I would do. And I was thinking in my head, but if the roles were reversed and it was me having these issues, what would be my advice to myself? I'd be completely different. Because mm-hmm. I'd be much more harder on myself. To anyone else, this is what you should do. Be kind to yourself. Okay, mm. situation turned back to you. You've got to take your own advice. Horrible, yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> vile, you know what I mean? It's like, well, why am I saying one thing to myself, but telling anybody else completely different? Because the stuff in my head, it's not, it's not fair. It's, not, it's too negative. And there's no evidence for it. So it's got to try and start challenging those beliefs and thinking you've got to change this mindset because it's just too toxical. It's time to move on and keep moving forward. Right. I think that's a good place to stop for our little comfort break. I say comfort break for you. That's for you. You can have a comfort break of listening to some amazing adverts. Comfort break for us will probably be another probably hot chocolate or something like that. We just had an orange hot chocolate in my word. It was amazing. Oh, divine. There was, a, there was two orange segments in there. Oh. I know other chocolates are available, but Terry's chocolate orange is, is right up there. I think it's your number one, isn't it? <laughs> Top hot chocolate. Top hot chocolate. So, yeah, join us after the break for more hot chocolate talk and possibly more <laughs> mental health stuff. See you later. Coming this summer is a movie about a man named Dave. Dave was down on his luck and was having a crisis of confidence. Until one fateful meet, everything changed. He met a woman who was driving a bus. The bus that ran over him and killed him. Oh, oh no, I'll give away the ending. uh, Please go see it. No, Dave lives, honest. Yeah, go Dave. Do you own a dog but can't walk enough? Well, get your dog to work for you. Your dog can walk Al. Al likes going outside. He's toilet trained. Take Al for a walk. Yes, at personal walks. Woof. Well, I hoped you liked those adverts and there was no types of gin. (laughs) Um... (laughs) During the break, me and Robin have had a little bit of a counselling session. Oh, man, I feel like, uh, oh, I feel quite emotional already. But now we'll go back to Robin where I think some of her battles were, I would think I would imagine her on the front line for an emergency service, trying to function, but all these things she can't understand uh, are going wrong. And it's quite an interesting one as well where it's not really, you would say, like a mental health. It was a physical health that was affecting her. There's so many other factors going on, but... Hopefully, getting the uh, advice and medication that she needed, she could start getting herself back up and moving forward. So, Robin, is that the case? From that moment that you got that diagnosis, did you manage to start changing and turning things around in your life? Yes and no. So, um, I'd mentioned that um, I'd got myself into a little bit of hot water at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, 
um, an action plan was put in place for me, but this was before I went and took some time off sick. Okay. So I was getting a lot of rest. Like as soon as I got home that day, I slept for three days straight. <laughs> wow. Three days. <laughs> three days. <laughs> I, did, I could not. I got a strong nap. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a good sort of couple of months off work after that while the medication kicked in and got my, my cognitive function back, stabilized me. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the while, that what I was looking forward to going back to work was hanging over my head right. the whole time, and I could not switch off from it. Yeah. So um, while well, I really enjoyed my time off, I looked after myself so well, did lots of running, um, engaged in that new hobby that I was looking forward to after I moved house of going and doing some furniture upcycling. Hmm. Um, so I really maximized my time just to try and get myself back to, to where I wanted to be and almost reinvent myself in a way that I was gonna, that's going to be my life now going forward. Yeah. But all the while, that little thing about going back to work into that and having to rectify my, like, the position I've got myself into was sitting in the back of my mind and just causing that little bit of yeah of, of stress that just was never wasn't going to go away until okay. I confronted it when I got back to work. Yep. So, um, so two months later I went back to work um, and everybody was lovely. Um, it seems, seems like they'd missed me, which was nice. And the the battle that I've got now is that um, I felt like I'd gotten myself into such a pickle at work that I could not see a way out. So um, going to work, I was still am at times a bag of nerves. So in a way, I'm still on that battlefield. You're still, you're still fighting it. Yeah, still fighting that battle at the minute. Um, it's probably taken me too long to do this. Uh-huh. But I've um, sp- spoken to my occupational health at work. They're, they're brilliant. And they've referred me for some counseling sessions just to try and get my, yeah. my confidence back and try and get me into a calmer state so that I can go back to being great at my job. Yep. Because... It was such an unusual one for me. Like I'd gone from being one of the top performers at work on my shift to being in bother for not for not just not being able to function properly at work. Right. Um, so for all that my physical health is now great, I'm still under quite a lot of tension and nerves and with that pressure with that pressure that's mm. sitting over me at the minute. Um, so getting some counselling for that just to try and rebuild my confidence is is where I'm at now. Right. And what were you seeing about the trauma thing during our during the break as well? Those techniques that sounded really interesting. So, what well, <laughs> we have what we call trauma risk incident management work. I'm going to call it TRIM now. That's the okay. uh, that's the acronym that. TRIM. Yeah, TRIM. So, <laughs> I was exposed to quite a lot of TRIM incidents mm-hmm. in a really short space of time. I think my record was three in a day. <laughs> wow! Right. So that made me think. Ooh, maybe I have been exposed to a bit of trauma. Maybe it's having an effect. Maybe I'm traumatized. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a trim practitioner and I went through the trim procedure. Um, I had a chat with the practitioner. We went through the questionnaire. He diagnosed me as completely not traumatized and absolutely fine, surprisingly. Mm. Um, and what I had dealt with was horrific. Like there was yeah. some really, really nasty incidents that came in. So I was quite surprised that there was having no impact on me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'd recently started dating somebody new. And the one of the, this is actually probably the lowest of those incidents. Um, the one that actually got me and I had to go and take five minutes outside for was a nasty collision involving a motorcycle. Um, and this gentleman that I'd started seeing, he's my partner now. Um, yep. He loves his motorbikes. Oh, no, right. So you're, you're putting <laughs> two two together, right? So that made me think, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. What if that happened to Jens? And, that, you know, when you start catastrophic catastrophize those things um so that that was the one that hit home but uh, but again i was i, I spoke about that and he said no it's perfectly normal it's a, a personal connection but you're definitely not traumatized um during this conversation with the trim practitioner what he told me was that the average person would go through six to eight truly traumatic incidents within their lifetime of about 85 years mm-hmm. on average yep Whereas an emergency service worker is going to experience six to eight hundred within their career. Wow. So a hundred wow. times more. And that, like, I, my jaw just dropped and I was thinking, oh my goodness, no wonder they've got all these. Um, Something like that, you can't just turn off and not take that home with you, is it? There's no way you can do that. In some ways you can, if there's you no, can. yeah. Like, I've dealt with some things where I've gone, phew, that was nasty, but, it, you know, it's a. You don't think about it when you get yeah, home. Yeah, right uh-huh. you move on to the next thing that you deal right, with. Yeah, and okay. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's what I get paid for. It's what pays my mortgage. It's my job. Yeah. A bad day at work for a normal person, like I say, normal person, like somebody in say an office job, yeah. might be shitty boss, 
cranky colleagues, yeah. photocopier broke, yeah. something like and that. Email was sent to them in capitals yeah. instead of uh, <laughs> that means they're shouting or yeah. someone's pinched their stapler. For me, somebody could die. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, that's, and that's the kind of pressure yeah. you were feeling as well, wasn't mm. it? The brain fog, then like it's a high pressure job. Yeah. And Wondering if I mistake. could be putting somebody at risk. Like yeah. it's um yeah. it's a it's a total cauldron of emotions there. And you know, you, you support your colleagues because somebody who's sitting next to you could be could have dealt with that same traumatic incident or be dealing with something else completely that you've had nothing to do with that's equally traumatic. Right. Um, so you're taking on everybody else's in there. It's just a total quagmire of trauma wow. and emotions in there. Yeah. And look, don't get me wrong, it is. It's one of the best jobs in the world. I so think. It's, like, it's I love job it. satisfying, is it? I love it. I, like I used to be a primary school teacher before this. Right. But like, I really feel like sort of you make a difference in the world doing this. And mm. um, for all that you deal with some really horrible things, in some in a grim way, that's the interesting part. <laughs> 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 we're laughing about it obviously I would never ever wish for any of these things to happen but yeah. when something juicy is going on you can't help but get a little bit excited about that in a weird way yeah. you can't stop the fact that it's already started to happen so you're control yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're there to deal with it and that's where you that's, that's where was, the job's yeah, in so that was, that's yeah. how I was finding with my brother yeah. who's an ex-fireman and he would tell me he would come home from shifts and stuff and they would say some awful things mm. but one of the ways that the dads would cope with it it was just that dark humour mm. and they said you'd never say it to anyone's face and stuff but it was just a, but it was something that was needed to be done just, yeah. to, just mm. so they could get through it yeah absolutely of like you know you're, you're helping someone on the worst mm. day of their life and you're mm. cutting them out of cars and you're getting them in the back of ambulances and stuff mm. And you might find out later, or most of the time, never found out what actually happened to that person. But you can just turn on to yourself, well, he was alive when I left him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. My job's done, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's kind of that dark humour just to keep the lads going. Yeah. Because I always, I was always amazed by my brother that he could do these kind of things and come home to his, to his family and his kids and stuff. And I was like, how do you then not just want to wrap cotton wool around them and, and like you and stuff like say you never go on your motorbike ever again you know what I mean it's like how yes. do you because you see with the real world and you see traumatic events all the time and it must yeah. be then difficult just to try and go and you know, just enjoy life but don't not too much because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen how many accidents are out there uh, what I was saying to you before we started recording as well is that the amount of this that is fueled by drugs and alcohol yeah. is astounding. Mm. Like people who are, you know, putting something into their body that doesn't belong there, of course it's going to affect your judgment. Of course it's going to make you do things that you wouldn't normally do yeah. um, and affect your, your judgment and your decision making. Um, but the impact that it can have is astounding. And, and that's what we're there for, to, to pick up the pieces when that happens and to prevent any further harm as much as we can. Mm. Um, of course, it's going to have a, an emotional impact on you at times, but at the same time, that's my job. It's, uh, it's what we're here for. Um, so, and you're doing a great job, Robin. <laughs> fantastic, you. fantastic. Okay, I think I'm going to get another hot chocolate. Stay here. So going back to trim, Robin, and coping mechanisms, what other techniques did they, they give you to try and cope with things that have happened? A one that I used, and I've seen other people use quite well as well, was to, um, to try and give you some perspective on what it is that you've dealt with to do a series of drawings. Um, you don't have to be a, <laughs> a Picasso to do it, but um, oh, stickmen right. will do the trick. Yeah. But um, the first step is to draw your... Draw it as you experience it from your own point of view, what you can see or what you're imagining in your mind as a memory of this, right. yeah. this incident. And then to put that to one side and draw it again as if you're watching it as a movie or on, or on stage or from the other side of the street. Draw it again from that point of view. And then repeat the process and draw it again mm -hmm. as if you're watching from a mile down the road. And then again further from and further, further, further and further away until you're ending with watching it from a bird's eye point of view, looking down on it from, from really, really far away with you in there, and as if you're, as if oh, you're watching yourself watching doing it. Right. Yes, yeah. uh -huh. To try and, with, and that, what that does is it mentally withdraws you and you're seeing that withdrawal on, on the paper. Oh, wow. And seeing it from, from loads of different perspectives with you in there and seeing yeah. what other, how other people are going to see you dealing with that incident. And I found that so, so effective because I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh my God, from my, from my, from my point of view, this looks horrendous. This looks really stressful. Mm -hmm. But drawing it from another point of view, I'm looking at me and I'm going, oh my gosh, she's dealing with that very well, actually. Yeah. Right. Look, at, look, look at the impact that she's having. Look, she's, yeah. she's helped yeah. that person. That person's going to be safe because of her. And that's just, really yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really, really effective. 
Yeah, so it's a known technique used by emergency services. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a, it was part of the the trauma management training that we had in when I first joined it, joined it as well. So seeing things from a different perspective and withdrawing mm. you from that moment and, and, as well. And, and putting it down on the paper makes it real. And yeah, yeah, there's that part of it as well, isn't it? The yeah. journaling and putting it down on paper, yeah. Mm, yeah. They've also given a load of um, journaling prompts, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling. I find it a really great way to redirect your thoughts. You know, <laughs> sounds like a cliche, but questions are the steering wheel of the mind. You ask yourself right. a great question, and <laughs> and it redirects you to a good answer. Right. So some of the prompts that they give us are, is there anything more you could have done to keep that person safe? If you were what? If, if somebody was helping you, what would you expect? And how does that match with how you dealt with it? And read it and sort of directing your thoughts actually makes you realize the sort of impact that you have and nice. whether or not the outcome, if it's a bad yeah. one, actually is, it, is in your control. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's pretty interesting, though. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, now let's move on to pastures new and a friendly fire question so robin i'm getting a feeling that you you're pretty happy with your friendly fire question i'm quite excited about it actually you are excited about your friendly fire question so this is making me excited too so what is your friendly fire question for our next guest i would like you to imagine that you are a burglar but when you go into the house you can only take an item that is going to mildly inconvenience your victim (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) steal <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you steal? I would take. Oh wait, wait! Oh no, we're we're out of time. Oh, well, how was a cliffhanger for that? If you want to know what Robin would steal from a from from a house, <laughs> tune in next week and find out which thing she's going to pinch that would mildly upset somebody. <laughs> Fantastic question. Name your petty evilness. <laughs> we definitely, definitely need the laughter. <laughs> yeah, we do need we need more laughter in this world, and uh, it seems to be that um, some of my laughter is now catching as well because Robin's just admitted to me as well there that off off record that she actually does bear with me as well. <laughs> See, <Burr. laughs> so if anyone says bear with me, bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are two grown adults. In a cafe, bearing. <laughs> well, all I can see that that's thanks for being in the podcast, Robert. <laughs> it's been absolutely brilliant. A bit of trauma, a bit of counselling, and a bit of uh, a bit of humour, and some um, some bears. That's been great. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Personal battles, battle guest, extra. How do you find that? We haven't actually talked about running at all, have we? We haven't talked about running. Let's stop the podcast. Let's go back. <laughs> podcast personnel battles extra. We haven't talked about running. Let's fix that right now. So another thing you're helping, another coping mechanism for you, maybe, or is really making your days brighter, is planning running events, isn't it? And seeing the world a little bit more. You're a really international girl, aren't you? Oh, I do like to travel. Yeah. Um, Mostly off the beaten track places, you know, these are a completely di- um, diverting story, but once upon a time, I just really fancied going to Alaska, because I'd never known anybody else who'd been. You, hadn't, you didn't touch your belly button, did you? No. <laughs> Damn you, Luke. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have some control over where I was going, yeah, so I didn't yeah. end up in Nepal or something. Like... Yeah, you could be anywhere. <laughs> But no, I just I really fancied visiting Alaska, mm-hmm. and um, I lived in Dubai for four years. So you know, I was, I was surrounded by you know expats who love to travel, and uh, um, so I was thinking, since I fancy going to Alaska, and the, the, the funny looks that I got, why would you want to go there? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've, I've never been. I've, I don't know anybody who's been. Like, it's completely unspoiled. It looks fantastic. Why doesn't anybody want to go with me? An adventure side to it. Yeah. And I could not find anybody that wanted to go with me, so I went on my own. <laughs> All right. You're like kind of like single-minded, oh, I'm going. That's it. I'm, well, finally, if nobody's going to go with me, then I guess I've got to do it myself, otherwise it's never going to happen. Right. That's pretty much the uh, attitude that I've got to most things now. If, you wait, if you're constantly waiting for other people, your shit's not going to get done. Yeah. You've just got to go for it anyway. Just do it now, yeah. Don't so wait I booked for a flight. Tomorrow. Yeah. So, wow. so I booked a flight, and, uh, and I went to Alaska for two weeks on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it. Found a bear. You found a bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
against sorry people sitting around us. <laughs> Had several actually. Yeah. But um, it was one of the most life changing experiences of my whole so life. So are you quite spontaneous now? I can be, but, yeah. I, but I also find a lot of joy in the planning process. Um, mm. And after I moved home from Dubai, I, I decided I wanted to combine my, tra- my, my, my two biggest passions, which yeah. are running and travel. Yeah. Um, so I've started myself a little bit of a mission of uh, trying to race in as many different countries as I can manage and attempt to race in every city in the UK. There's a lot, there's 77 of them. I've done 11 so far. <laughs> 77 cities what, 70, as a whole? As a, yeah. In the country? In the, whole, in the whole of the UK, yeah. Across England, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland and you all and have races and you want to win every one of them? Yeah. Wow. Know, every single one. There's 11 so far. Um, next one's, my next race is going to be the... Lisbon half marathon, which is in March. Wow. So, yeah. so what's your so, calendar looking like for this year then? You must be are you jetting all over the world? A bit, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I've got Lisbon in March, of course. My first marathon is gonna be Manchester, that's in April. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna do Swansea half marathon in June. I'll be meeting a friend down there to do that. Right. Um then we'll have Inverness ticked off with the Riverness 10k at the end of September, which is going to be part of a big caravan road trip around Scotland with, with Jens, with my oh, partner. Oh, you love that, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Fantastic Scotland. And then finishing off the year in Chicago Marathon. <sighs> That's going to be completely on my own. I'm going on my own to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> You're going on your own again. I'm going on my own again, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing going to Chicago. You've, you've got to do things on your own, otherwise that stuff never gets done. Exactly, like, you're for everybody else, yeah. just say, yeah. yeah. You're ready so, to go now, let's do it. So that will take me up to 11 countries, I think, and 14 UK cities. Wow, Robin. That's <laughs> now, that's inspirational. <laughs> Running's taking us to new places, but instead of just waiting and planning, you're just, you're doing it, you're going. You've got to make it happen. Make it happen, yeah. The, at the minute, my, um, what I would like to, I kind of wanted to make it mean something, though, Al, because right. at the minute I'm just doing it for me and for fun and to, yeah, yeah. to get that sense of adventure and... But I feel like it's quite a phenomenal challenge to try and race every city in the UK. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's ever been done before. You should get sponsored for it. That's what I'm... It feels like a charity thing, that. It does feel like a charity thing, doesn't it? But uh, I haven't decided what cause is going to be appropriate for this yet and which one means the most to me. So um, that's still to play for at the minute. Wow. And you approached me as well with a business idea, is that right? Yes, I would love to... um, arrange for group travel to running events around the world because the amount of people that have come to me during this little mission so far and Uh said to me i wish i had the guts to do it on my own like you do because nobody wants to go with me but i I can't face it on my own and i just feel so overwhelming but actually between you and me that's the bit i enjoy (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's the old teacher in me with the lesson planning thing (laughs) once upon a time i don't know But um, you know, it's it's something that I'm good at as well. Like I'm very organised, and um, I, I think about all the logistics and the little details. And um, like my last caravan trip with my partner, I was here, I was back and forward because I had to come back for work, and but he was going around, and um, I made that really seem free with the sort of the level of detail that I put into sort of the organising logistical side of things. That just made it completely stress free. So if I can unlock that for other people and encourage people to yeah, travel and see the world through running that, yeah. whilst taking the stress away from totally. them so they can just focus on getting themselves ready for the race and enjoying the event yeah. I think that would be a really great way for I do too. I think, to I think that's a great idea <laughs> all the pressures and stresses a runner would have to face on their own trying to sort out the logistics of everything else not just about the running if you could take that all the way from them I think that's a great business idea that's yeah. the plan eventually fantastic um, and it's something that I've toyed with for a couple of years now but i've just not had the the guts to make it happen yet but uh after you told me that you really really like the idea yeah, of doing idea, it yeah, yeah. um i've decided i'm gonna i'm gonna push for it and uh the first one's gonna be to prague next year prague prague half marathon april 2025 now that's a city i love prague have you been yeah been, did you yeah. go back i'd love to go back yeah I was just so amazed with Prague and it's, it's architecture, it's all this medieval kind of architecture that so many uh, it's music videos and things have been shot there in so many locations. Every corner you turn around, going, I've seen this place before. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just a and stunning Can you just city. imagine the experience of running with thousands of other people over Charles Bridge? Over Charles, does it go over Charles Bridge? It does go over oh. Charles Bridge. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn it, Robin. This is not a sales pitch. Dragon's in, I'm in. <laughs> I haven't even got it off the ground yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> 
I'll be saving you a spot though. No, oh, fantastic. Right. <laughs> I'll have to do it for the podcast. <laughs> After a run around prom with Robin. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Bear with me though, because it still needs some work. <laughs> oh no, it's kids coming in. <laughs> We're bearing in front of children now. Don't bear in front of children. <laughs> On so many levels. I just want to say for the record as well, Robin actually did laugh at my screensaver on my phone as well. <laughs> There's nothing funny about that. It's definitely Colin. It's definitely Colin, it's yeah. Colin. Yeah, there's, there's, I've got Colin on my, on my phone, yeah, on my lock screen. What's so funny about that? That's my best friend. It just means so much to you. <laughs> I'm not all just talking, right? I back this up with facts. I carry pictures around of a swan. Yeah. So he's a very handsome swan. He's a good looking swan, and he knows it. If I was a lady swan, I'd definitely fancy him. <laughs> oh, we're getting to some strange ground now. <laughs> I talk to a swan, but I've never fancied him. <laughs> You're just weird, Robin. <laughs> oh, maybe there's a little bit of you know, Robin swan. That could work. Maybe. <laughs> At some level. <laughs> be a funny looking bird, that, wouldn't it? <laughs> a Robin swan. <laughs> a swabbing. <laughs> I can't believe I said that out loud. <laughs> so what did I learn from Robin? Well, I learned straight away that she's an amazing person to hang around with. I had such a laugh with her. She told me she was quite uh, anxious almost about meeting me and doing this for the podcast, but you can tell we had a great time actually, and it was very natural. And a really good conversation. It was really interesting. Um, it, was have, it was good to have her on the show as well because she's talked about things that I really haven't thought about before. And it was like her mental health symptoms were actually part of a physiological problem, and that, which was like masked by her trauma. So that I was really interested. That was like a physical problem. And once she started getting medication, she started turning things around. But a lot of the mental health issues she was showing was actually symptoms of something else so i'm glad she uh, got that check and realized that actually she was she was anemic and put things in place to try and help her there also you got to realize emergency service workers worth a weight in gold aren't they the things that they do for us to keep us safe and when robin said that about how in an average lifespan uh you or i would say six to eight may truly traumatic events but then there's people out there like robin who will witness around 600 to 800 traumatic events how does that not take a toll but after everything and the pressures she was under and one of the biggest pressures was just the magnitude of her job that if she made a mistake that could cost her life so yeah i can't even imagine the pressures she's under but after all that she loves her job and she loves helping people. So going through all these traumatic events and obviously it's going to take a toll, but she's still so keen to go back the next day and keep going, keep being a, being a help to society. So that is just, wow. Hats off to you, Robin, and everybody else out there who's keeping us safe and looking after us. Her employer seems to have really strong things in place to help their employees. And so this trauma center or trim had all these techniques, and that was a really interesting one about the uh, the drawing technique, wasn't it? About if you've had a traumatic event. I've heard about journaling, but I've never thought about drawing. So you could draw the event, and then draw it again. But this time, if you're watching it on a, in a theatre or on a on a on a TV screen, and then draw it again, but from across the street or further down the road, and eventually, getting further and further away, that you get to. Colin calm and look down on the event and each time you're getting further away from the epicenter but also how you perceive it and you see him from different angles so that could be a that could be a really interesting one to try if you've ever had some sort of unfortunate event like that maybe try drawing it see if that works but yeah that's uh that's that's really interesting that so thanks for sharing that one robin have to say for the record as well, isn't Robin great? Um, it just felt like I knew her my entire life and just had a really strong friendship straight away. Um, but yeah, she was an amazing person. Uh, really bubbly, infectious laugh. 
Um, loves the show, so she's obviously got great taste. She bears with me all the time, which is <laughs> it's just made us laugh so much. Uh, I don't know what other people were thinking in that cafe because, yeah, there were people looking at us as we were bearing and killing ourselves laughing. And obviously, in this dark world, sometimes laughter's the best medicine. So we were just laughing at ourselves. And if you can't laugh at yourselves, who can you laugh at? So, yeah, thank you, Robin, for bearing with me. And if anyone else out there who's been listening to this episode has been trying to bear along, congratulations, because there was a lot of bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that she's decided to go for her project of this business of organising running events overseas. She seems such a natural at it. That teacher part of her of organising, the love for travelling and getting out there, not afraid to go new places. She'd been absolute natural. And it's, it's, it was really sweet to hear that she decided to go for it uh, after talking to me. So, wow, Robin, I, I hope. All fingers crossed. But I just know this business idea is going to be a, a huge success because... I've already been talking to a few runners about your idea and they've already been saying such great feedback already. That sounds amazing. So yeah, a lot of people do struggle with the logistics of travelling overseas when they've got so many things to think about. So if somebody could take that off their hands so that one person can just concentrate on a run. Yeah, I think that's a great business idea. So yeah, all the best for the future from that one, from myself, the podcast and the... the bears out there as well. Grr. Be kind corner. Robin, myself, and many of the other battle guests have all said similar things about how they perceive themselves, their inner voice, and how toxic that can be. So we all, on this week's Be Kind Corner, just try and be a little bit kinder to ourselves. I, for one, am really struggling with that at the moment. That inner voice is pretty bad. So it's not just about being kinder to everybody else out there. Make sure you're kind to yourself first. Even Robin said it was almost like laughable when people would make fun of her because she's used to so much worse from herself. And even though that's tragic, I think that's quite relatable for a lot of us out there. That the worst person is ourselves. For showing that vicious side. We need to find kindness. And it obviously starts with us. So whatever you can do, try and be kinder to yourself. Give yourself a break. You're doing the best you can. So just go easy. Be kind to yourself. And don't do what I often do, which is compare myself to others. And when I do that, there's only one outcome. They're winning, so I'm failing. And that's what I am, a failure. But we'll be on different paths, at different chapters in life. So it's not about winning or losing. It's about keep moving forward. Yes, they could be on different paths, but no one's walked in your footsteps. No one's on your path. On your path, you're winning and will always be winning. Keep going. Keep walking. This is all new territory. No one's been in your footsteps before. So don't be so hard on yourself. Just keep moving forward. And you are going to smash it. All that's left for me to say is I hope you liked this episode. Remember to bear with me when you can. Leave those breakups behind you if you have breakups behind you. And just look forward. Maybe treat yourself to a holiday. Be like Robin. Don't wait for anybody else. Just go on your own then. Just have fun. Be kind to yourself and others. And if you've got a business idea you've often thought about putting into action, just start it. It could be the start of a new and happier chapter. You are going to smash it. I'm Al. You can also find me on social media. Search person underscore Al underscore best. This was Person Al Battles, Person underscore Al underscore Battles. Check out the website, person-al.com. Keep some laughter in your heart and stay with us. Until next time, it's goodbye from Al. Al.